Welcome to Cue the Dagger, brought to you in partnership with Inside the Rink. Inside the Rink is your one-stop shop for all NHL news, insight, and analysis. You can follow them on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink. I'll be your host, Clifton Ramey, and I'm with my co-host, Logan Rosengard. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing good, Cliff. How are you today? Doing pretty good. And real quick, a word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet, you win. You get paid. BetUS.com. So, Logan, since we've been here, the Hawks have been on a terrible three-game stretch. Well, I mean, not terrible. The Red Wings game wasn't bad, but besides that, wasn't the best. What do you think about the Red Wings game? We'll just go ahead and start there. Dylan Strom's first hat trick of his career. Bright spot, right? I've always I've always loved Dylan Strom as much as I think he is the first to go out of Chicago this trade deadline. If someone calls and asks for a player, he's the first that should go, but I think he's a very valuable player, and I think he proved it in the game against Detroit. Four points on the game, a hat trick, his first career hat trick. You need more of that, right? If the Blackhawks, I don't think they are, and I don't think they should, but if they feel that they are in a position to push for a playoff spot, he is going to be a key factor in the team's success. Their center depth and their uh, scoring ability down the lineup is going to is, is what's going to separate them from the bottom half of the Western Conference and put them in a better position for the wild card spot. Dylan Strome playing that well is a good thing. And if he continues to play that well, A, it increases his draft and or rather his trade potential. And B, if we don't trade him, we still have a good player on the team for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think Dylan Strom's played played uh, really well lately. Um, we talked about his faceoffs already. He played really well in that game. I think he's finally finding the confidence. He's finally playing with a little patience um, when he has the puck. He's not just like, oh, 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 my God, and then throwing it away when he gets it. He's taking time. He's making plays. His effort level is the big thing for me. Um, he's just playing harder. He looked really good in that game. Kane also had two points against the Wings. So ultimately, the Hawks won eight to five in that crazy game. Um, DeBrinkett had another three points, but ultimately, um, it was a fun game. It's always really good to beat Red Wings because who doesn't like to beat the Red Wings? Um, yeah, it sucks that we only see them twice a year now. Um, but screw it. I'll take the win and we'll move on. It sucked that we went to Colorado and I thought that they had a bad start when we went to Colorado, Thought they started pretty lazily, but really in the second and third period, I thought they hung in the game. I thought they played pretty well. I thought they battled. Um, it sucks that they were in that hole and it sucks that the Colorado scored that first empty net goal before the Hawks got the other one really there late. Um, but again, just a slow start absolutely killed the Hawks, which has kind of been the story all year. I don't know what it is. In recent years, the bad Blackhawks team, which has been most of the teams since they got swept uh, by Nashville in 2017, they have had a lack of 60-minute performances. I don't understand why, because typically the teams, even the bad Blackhawks teams, are competitive. This is a very competitive team. Last season, they weren't a given win, even though they were a bottom of the 
you know, they weren't the best team in the conference or the division. They weren't a guaranteed win, though. They were a tough team. You had to fight for every inch of the ice against the Blackhawks if you wanted to pick up a win. This year doesn't feel like that. I've seen a lot of uh, showings by the Blackhawks, especially against the Canucks uh, the other night, where they don't show effort or not everyone seems to be showing effort, and that's an issue. I don't know why. Maybe it's because they really haven't been able to buy into Derek King and haven't been able to buy into the message that he's set for the locker room for the short time that he's going to be there. But whatever it is, it needs to be cut out because you can't have NHL talent and NHL players and a roster that isn't out of the playoff race quite yet, even though it's a distant uh, goal. They're not out of it. You can't have 30 minutes of hard playing and 30 minutes of not trying. You can't have 50 minutes of kind of playing and 10 minutes of really good play. You have to have 60 minutes, three full periods of effort if you want to see the results on the ice. And that's it's pro sports. That's what matters. Yeah, I agree. And you heard King say that they were trying and they were giving effort. It just wasn't in the right areas. Um, And then you could go to the practice. I don't know if you saw any of the tweets or anywhere. You know, you had Mark Crawford screaming F-bombs at the F2 coming down the ice because he's not back-checking in the correct spot, and that's been the issues they're having. Um, So, obviously, effort hasn't been there, and it's been something that's been lackluster all year. You go back to even what Jeremy Collinson was the coach and how bad they started the first, like, what, four games? They gave up a goal, like, in the first second. Um, but it's, it's just been lackluster, and you can tell that the players are kind of tired of it and definitely the coaching staff. Like, I mean, it was all like, – like I said, Mark Crawford was just all over them at practice. Um, but really, I think some of that issue, and we might call it lack of effort, sometimes the Hawks are just getting outplayed. I think that the depth is just not there this year, and sometimes that's the issue early on. I'm not saying it's always that. I'm saying that's just some of the issue. But I definitely do think the most issue is they just don't know how to play 60 minutes. This has been clear for four years now. Like This team doesn't know how to put 60 minutes together. And even the players that you expect to play 60 minutes, your Patrick Kane's, your Jonathan Tazes. Uh, when Duncan Keith was still in the lineup, when Corey Crawford was still healthy and playing the short amount of games that he played uh, coming off of that injury. The guys that need to be showing up aren't showing up night in and night out. And I'm not saying that Patrick Kane has to score two assists and a goal every night. I'm not saying that Alex DeBrinkett has to record a goal every night or Dominic Kubelik has to get on the scoreboard every night. That's not, you don't have to get on the scoreboard and get your name on the score sheet in order to have results and show effort. You got to play the game that it's the way that it's supposed to be played. You got to back check when you're supposed to back check, cover your man when you're supposed to cover the slot, Uh, you know, have fluid passes, create space for your teammates to try and get open and get a shot on net. I don't know. It's weird. It's just really confusing to me to see the product on the ice that they currently have, because I know that it is as far from where they can be. And I know this isn't the best Blackhawks team. I know the team makeup is not 2010's dynasty, and I'm not saying it is, but the team is a lot better than 16, 22, and 7. I know it. You know it. The rest of the fan base knows it. I mean, the team's definitely 
definitely think, at the record where they are since King, where it's more like that eighth, ninth place in, in the standings. Um, they're still just barely above 500 under Derek King. That's that's who this Blackhawks team is. That's who they're winning one and they're losing one. Like is what um, it is. Yeah, but it doesn't... They're just they're they're just right there in that teetering of a playoff team. They're competitive, but they can't beat the big teams. I mean, you see them losing to Colorado. Um, they lose just to Colorado. Lost... They lost both of their games in a home and home against Minnesota. Minnesota. You can't. Be, they can't. I don't know. I just think that they should be competing more than they are. I don't. I, I don't think that they're at their highest potential. I don't think they're even trying to reach their highest potential. I don't know why, especially guys that are in their contract years, Dominic Kubalik, Dylan Strome, uh, and the rest of the free agent class that the Blackhawks have. They should be wanting. I. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. I just. To me. I just don't know if they have the goal scoring anymore. Like you just. You look at it and they're able to play games where they give up. Not a lot of goals. I mean, this week wasn't a great example with the Colorado and the Red Wings game, but you look at Vancouver, like they only gave up two goals and they lost 2 1 because they couldn't score against Vancouver. Like, how can you not score against Vancouver? Like, there's just no line that's generating unless it has Alex to bring it on it or Patrick Kane assisting on something. There's no depth. The Tyler Johnson injury early, I think, hurt the Blackhawks more than anyone would ever projected because we don't have anyone that can play in a depth role and produce offensively. So I think just when you look at this team and the makeup of it, there's just no offense in the bottom six. There's very little offense in the top six. I mean, Jonathan Tace isn't the most offensive guy. Kirby Doc hasn't done much offensively. You have two guys on this team this year that are doing anything offensively and Patrick Kane and Alex Zabrinkin. I mean, Seth Jones has been fantastic on the back end as far as offense goes. And that's really about it. I mean, Dominic Kubelik, Scored the big, got 30 goals to one year, but he's been hot and cold his whole cold career. So maybe he's just cold right now and he might get flashy and he might put in 10 and 15 games at some point. But I just don't think this team has goal scoring. We talked about it last episode a little bit. It's the lack of playmakers. It's the lack of compliments. And, you know, not that I want to get too far into the whole where the team should be in two or three seasons conversation because that's a long conversation and it's kind of hard to have it in the middle of a season when you've got a revolving door of bottom six forwards and young defensemen kind of moving in and out. See why Kalanuk is going to factor into the lineup against the Wild. Uh, it, I don't know. I just think that there's a lack of complimentary play and the players that are supposed to be those compliments aren't stepping up. It, it, it's just there, there's a lack of completion and a lack of emphasis all around the NHL lineup. And even you can make an argument, the, the front office and bench right now. It's just frustrating to watch because I know they can be doing better. They can be scoring goals. They have guys. Alex Dabrink gets on like a 45-goal pace. Patrick Kane is still scoring over a point per game. Dylan Strom just had a hat trick. Dominic Kubelik is still a 30-goal scorer. Jonathan Taze, uh, I think, correct, he's not injured, right? I don't know why I feel like he yeah, is. Yeah, he is. He's, he's on the okay. concussion. Yeah. Well, you yeah know, but like you healthy. say, you say that Chicago has goal scoring. Excuse me there. Um, but Brandon Hagel is second on Chicago's roster in goals. Do you know how many goals he has? Uh, second. Alex Brigham has 26, to be clear. I think one. it's like 13 or 14, right? 12. Patrick okay. Kane, 
only has 11. Dylan Strome, right, just had a hat trick. Only has seven. Dominic Kubelik, over, under on eight. Yeah, it, I don't know. It just, it's 10. So, like, it, we just don't have the goal scoring, and we don't have the playmaking to create the goal scoring as well. So, I mean, it's it's really tough on that front, I think. I think the Hawks are in a tough scenario for the season, and that gets me into my next question for you. I've heard you go over this pod today, and you keep saying that you have playoff hopes are still alive. I don't think I do I don't, anymore, honestly. I wouldn't say I have playoff hopes, but I know that coaches don't want to lose and players don't want to lose. Sure, management might see an opportunity to bring a few guys up and develop them and lessen the NHL roster's ability to compete at the highest level, a.k.a. tanking, uh, without it being tanking. Um, I don't realistically see them in the playoffs. Obviously not. They're not even close to the competitive level now that they need to be in a month to still be actively in the race. I, I don't see him in the playoffs. If, if that is your question, that's my answer. See, for me, I don't see it either. I think they're pretty much locks to be sellers. Um, I'm still going to crack open my ice cold one and watch the game and hope that they can go on this crazy run and maybe Flurry can get it really hot. And maybe yeah, from we a can fan perspective, play. of course. But my honest, I just I think the season's pretty much done here. I think that we got to start looking at moving on from players. And I think that'll be a good conversation as we move closer to the deadline um, and the Hawks name a GM. And speaking of naming a GM, um, Danny Wartz announced their advisory group. Did you see this by any chance, Logan? I did. I think it's a really smart thing. I don't I'm not familiar with prior hiring. Um hiring processes for Blackhawks front office spots. I don't know if this is the standard for the league or for professional sports in North America, but having the guys that they have on this board, Edzo, Marion Hosa, and Patrick Sharp, three guys that live, breathe, eat, sleep, Chicago Blackhawks history. They ooze Stanley Cup success. They ooze what the Blackhawks strive to be every season come October. Those are the right guys that you want input from in a general manager because those are the guys that, you know, you have your players out of the faces of the franchise to bring it. Kane, uh, Hagel, Marc-Andre Fleury. You have those guys that fans gravitate towards as faces of the franchise. Those guys at least Marion and Patrick Sharp are faces of recent history. And a lot of Blackhawks fans have recency bias with those Stanley Cup winning teams that Patrick Sharp and Marion Hosa were on. And I think it's a very good look if we're talking about the eye test. I like it. I think it's a smart move. And I think their input and experience in the league and experience playing for the Blackhawks and kind of understanding what a winning culture is supposed to look like and how it's where it starts at the top, you know, where it starts in terms of leadership qualities. I think their input is going to greatly um, improve the process of finding the right guy. Oh, yeah. 
Dude, when I heard the name Marion Hosa, I got giddy like a little schoolgirl. That was awesome. The fact that Danny Wirtz is actually going to allow older players like Eddie L and Patrick Sharp and Marion Hosa, who's essentially like the greatest human being on the planet, supposedly. I mean, I've never met the guy. But like everyone raves about how good of a guy he is and everything. And Patrick Sharp, you see him on the broadcast. He just loves the game. It just like emulates off of him. And just Eddie O around the Blackhawks. I mean, he's been a part of the Blackhawks literally as long as I remember. Like, oh, these yeah. are guys who have been a part of this organization. They've done everything. They've won everything. I mean, across of this, you have, what is it? You get 2,548 points between the two of them, or between the three of them, and 3,279 total NHL games played. Yeah, I'm just plugging some facts out of my article. Just a little humble placement there. Um, But if you just look at this by the whole Blackhawks organization, they finally took some step into placing a GM and taking it out of the hands of just Danny Wirtz, who doesn't necessarily – have a hockey mind they're giving it to guys who have been in different organizations they've been around the game they've seen how multiple teams other gms run this and if anyone understands how to build a team properly it's going to be those three it's going to be eddie olchek patrick sharp and marion hosa those guys have been around world-class organizations and not just chicago's back in the day like they all played for multiple organizations they've all seen it done in multiple ways and they're all still very bright hockey minds like this couldn't have gone any better and let's hope that they truly do have a say and they're not just some little clown cover for us to get excited about. Let's hope that Danny Wartz does listen to them and that they do have a vocal opinion and that they do actually have a real say in this. I think they will. I think it'd be, I think it'd be a clown show if the team announced the advisory committee and we didn't actively hear Edzo brought up X point during the process of finding Y guy. Marion Hosa believed that Z quality is something that we should be looking for. Patrick Sharp wants a guy that has A, B, C, you know, like, look, I'm not saying we have to know every step. I'm not saying that we have to know every phone call, email, text message, letter sent, thank you note, uh, uh, agent correspondence. There should be transparency with the amount of, buzz at least in the Chicago sports world and among Chicago Blackhawks fans and writers and outlets for media this hiring process is the most important thing for the franchise going forward forget the draft pick that they might get at the trade deadline forget any draft capital they'll get forget any prospect they're going to get in the summer forget any free agent signing they're going to get once the free agency periods open up in July forget all of that None of that matters. None of it matters unless they get the guy that is going to be what Stan Bowman was for the 2013 and 2015 team. What Bill, not Bill Daly. Uh, why am I forgetting the guy that came before Stan? Uh, you get what I'm trying to say. Dale Talon. Thank Dale you, Talon. Dale Talon. That's going to be the Dale talent of the 2010 team. We need that. We need championship builders. We don't need success builders. There's a difference. 
If you want to have a successful team that's in the playoffs every year, go for it, and you can take the approach that the Washington Capitals had for an eternity in the 2010s, the Tampa Bay Lightning had before they won their two Stanley Cups. The Blackhawks, even the years that they didn't have championship-caliber teams, they were still playoff-ready teams. If you want playoffs, you look for a guy that can build success. If you want results and if you want traction to get free agents and championships, you have to find a guy that is going to build a championship organization, not a successful organization. Man, you got some high standards. And after what Stan Bowman did to my morale, I just want someone to come in and have some type of a plan and a map to follow because that guy had zero plan. And, and like, that's it's just have a plan. Like, that's all I want. If you're retooling, retool. If you're rebuilding, rebuild. If you just whatever it is, have a plan and embrace it. Don't call it a rebuild and then go and, and get run away Mark from Andre Fleury. <laughs> <laughs> don't call yeah, it a, like, uh, like I love Marc-Andre Fleury with my whole heart oh, I love the flower he is one of my favorite goaltenders of all time he is one of the most interesting Blackhawks acquisitions in recent memory and the story around his trade and whether or not he would actually sign in Chicago or if he would have retired was awesome Dude, and gave I, me so much heartburn it's the reason I love it's part of the reason I love hockey that stuff the storylines, the cool, interesting storylines. If you're going to do a rebuild, stick to it. Start, find your two players, build around it. Don't retool, fill in the lineup, and maybe show a little success. Embrace it. Pull. Yeah. Uh, I hate comparing the Blackhawks to Detroit because we <laughs> don't like Detroit, but it is hard to deny that Steve Eiserman is always going to be the smartest man in the room because look at what he's done. I'm not saying Detroit's going to make a playoff run. I'm not saying they're going to be the most successful team, you know, late in the season. Good. Look at their progression. Look at their rookies that they've had sitting in their system for two, three seasons. Look at the draft capital that they have coming up in the next three and four drafts still. That's what you need. You need four, five seasons of actually dark, horrible, not fun to watch hockey, and then it can pay off. I know it sucks for business. I know it sucks for for fans and season ticket holders, but the, the professional sports aren't college sports, if that makes sense. You need to have those ebbs and flows of success and failure because it's going to reward you if you fail enough and in the right way the Blackhawks have not failed in the right way they have been bad they have had bad seasons they have tanked they have gotten top 15 lottery picks but they have not gone about the rest of it the right way they haven't moved on from their old team to try and build a new identity from themselves not that I want Trey not that I want to trade Taze and Kane necessarily but there's progressions that needs to happen. There's steps that need to be taken, and they haven't yet. And whoever steps in next has to be willing to take the fire from the fans and the media and the rest of the hockey world and suck for five seasons. And then you're going to see it's going to pay in dividends. I, I am a firm believer that you got you have to suck to win in, in the NHL. Um, I don't know if you have to go and suck like 
as bad as Arizona did. Like, um, you Arizona's a lost like, cause, but I look at like a team more like, like Detroit, L- LA, or um, like like along those lines. Like they're they're bad for a few years, and you can retool. Um, but really, when you look at the Blackhawks, it's going to come down to what the new GM does with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze next year. Does he trade him? Do they extend him? I think that's truly down to Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze. I don't really even think that's worth getting into per se. Um, I think that the focus for this GM is going to be on like guys like Calvin Hahn, Dylan Strom, and stuff like that. Originally, I don't think Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taze will even be be thought about until after the trade deadline because they just can't move those cap hits. Um, And I think that as far as the Hawks go, they're probably going to have to at least retool. So I think you can probably just expect him to probably use the word retool versus a rebuild just because until Kane and Taser off your roster, you just can't really rebuild. And I don't think you can trade – you can't trade Taze under his contract, so you're looking at bare minimum one more year. And Patrick Kane, do you want to trade or do you want to keep him? I mean, you still do as much as people want to forget. It's still a business. Like, they do still have to sell seats. Like, I know it sucks to say that. that and, and these are the things that the the candidates for the job have to consider. And same thing with the head coach job, Right. You yep. you want to find a general manager that's asking those questions or giving you concrete answers and steps to those questions. Same thing with the guy that's going to be sitting on the bench as the head coach. You want him to understand where the team is at, understand what the team has done wrong, and give a detailed or a very in-depth look at what they are going to do, what areas of the team's play they're going to look at, what areas of the team's whole, the organization uh, – they they need to have a plan. You you said it very you said it pretty well. Yeah. They need to have yeah. a plan. If they don't have a plan, they shouldn't be hired. If they have vague plans, if they have, oh, in two or three seasons, we're gonna be good because of our prospects. No. In two or three seasons, we're gonna have five guys that are X, Y, Z, A, B. And they're gonna be in this part of the lineup. They're gonna be used in Y way. We need to find players like there needs to be that level of specificity in order for the team to find the success that they want in the GM and coaching candidates that they're hiring. They need the Definitely. specificity. They need it desperately. Definitely. Um, and as we're going to go ahead and end towards or go ahead and head towards the end of the show, um, we're going to go ahead and look at the Minnesota game. This is going to actually come out after the Minnesota game. So let's go ahead and do some fun little predictions here. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say, I think Kirby Doc scores a goal tonight. Don't know why. Just have that feeling that Kirby Doc scores a goal and the Hawks win 4-2. Patrick Kane is also going to throw in a goal, but I, I just have that feeling Kirby gets one tonight. I think Wyatt Kalanuk tonight in the game is going to be a factor. This is the first yeah, game I think in the he's lineup. played. This might be the first game he's had all season. Uh, he's getting in uh, over Caleb Jones. I don't know if it's all season. Um, can't remember off my head. I liked Wyatt um, Kalanuk last year. I thought he brought a lot of t- tenacity to the lineup, and I think his individual play is very strong and is arguably the most NHL-ready of our defense prospects. You can make the argument about uh, Nicholas Bodan or Ian Mitchell, but I think Kalanick has it a little more, has the tools a little more refined than the latter two guys. But I think Kalanick is going to be 
a factor in the game against Minnesota. I think he might even get an assist. He might have some sort of transition breakup that's going to create an offensive opportunity, but I think it's going to be a huge game for Wyatt Kalanuck. Similarly, I think Dylan Strome builds on the hat trick game, and I think he gets another goal or finds himself on the score sheet a couple of times tonight. Whether it's a, I'm not saying the Blackhawks are going to go out and score five goals, but I think he's going to be a very key player in the game tonight, both Kalanuck and Strome. Tough look on us. He's been in four games. Um, But yeah, that'll do it for the show. Um, Actually, one last thing. If you guys want to do it, go ahead and follow at Cue the Dagger Pod. We're going to be doing a giveaway at 100. Currently, we're at 42 followers. When we reach 100 followers, we'll be giving away a Cue the Dagger t-shirt. All you got to do to enter is follow at Cue the Dagger Pod. Once we reach 100, it'll be a random selection.